This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out again on Old Dan. Come on, Dan, let's go. Got to get up. Got to get a getting. Folks are standing around waiting for us to get down there to the sawmill or to, out to the logging camp or somewhere over there at the cotton gin. That's what the old parsons used to do. And I mentioned in our last study, they, that's what they called them, the parson. Everybody, uh, I think, back in those days, I believe they did. They, they thought much of the parson, you know. You know, one of the greatest blessings that any group can have, any church or just a called-out group of folks, is to have a faithful and true parson, someone who is true to their soul, no matter. Did you know it's not easy to preach the gospel and be true to the souls of folks? I know that in every, every assembly and every congregation, there are folks there who they walk out of God's will, and it's, it's my responsibility and yours, Pastor, to be true to those souls, to, to correct error, and to uh, spare the rod and spoil the child. That's what we always heard. But it's the same with God's man. And I believe the, the calling of the old trailblazer, just like it was of the old-fashioned trailblazers back there in those days, they give up pretty well everything they had, ride old Dan from one mission place to another. They'd make call him a circuit rider. They'd, they'd make a circuit of about a week and be back home for their own services on Sunday. And, my friend, they gave up. They gave up lots of their their own what we'd call pleasure, if you will. I know that we used to have men many years ago. Uh, Pastor Shelton was a missionary at heart, and we had missions in several places. We still do. But we had men who would go out on Sunday night and drive 100 miles to a place to preach. And uh, we had one man who lived down in South Louisiana on the bayou, we call it, and he would go and get back at 12, 1 o'clock at night, have to get in an old boat, see if it would start, and go back to his house back there on the bayou. My friend, we at that time, I didn't appreciate those folks as like I do now. I do now, and then I see folks. I saw Brother, Brother Shelton, Pastor Shelton, I saw him give his life or everything. When he died, he only had clothes he had on his back. I mean, I know that he gave everything to, to get out the gospel, and I know that a couple of us men would take him about once a year and get him a couple of new suits up here in Baton Rouge, and he we'd go out on a, a go over there, take him with us so he could be fitted, and he'd say, now, don't, buy no, don't pay no over $100 for a suit. Oh, my friend, don't pay no more than $100 for a suit. And that's back then, suits were couple of hundred dollars for a good suit but he was that was him my friend and i think we've lost that basically many of our folks now are are are, are not concerned about uh getting out the gospel and they they do away with their money what are you doing with your money my friend are you just throwing it away uh, on foolishness or are you maybe gambling it away over there in the casinos maybe you uh had never got your want to fixed I find that these credit cards is probably one of the greatest hindrances of the gospel that ever was because people buy things and on the spur of the minute and put them on a credit card and then can't pay for them, get in debt and quit tithing, quit, quit, quit supporting the ministry. My friend, foolish. Shame on you if you're doing that. But my friend, that's not our message today. We're looking at children as a heritage of the Lord. Have you ever been around people who, who are not able to have children? And then you see them glancing at other children. They, they're medically un, unable to have children for some reason or another. And then when somebody else has a new baby, that mother goes there and looks in that crib or in that basket and longs after a child of her own. That's a blessing to have children, my friend. 
The Lord said, blessed is a man that has his quiver full of them. That's right. That's right. And uh, I know that we're living in a day now where folks don't have 10, 12, 14 children like they used to a long time ago. And that's all because of signs of the times now. And uh, that, I, that's, that's not our subject today. But we're looking at, at the heritage. The, the children are heritage or a blessing, you could say it. And uh, let's notice this one fact. That is, the children have to share in our blessings or in our curse. My father, my friend, my, my man, if you could realize this one fact, you and your mom, you and your wife together, that your child will either be blessed or cursed by every act of yours. Did you know a boy likes to mimic his dad? Don't he? Don't he like to mimic his dad? He does, my friend. And uh, it, it would make you sit up and think if you remember that. Thousands upon thousands of fathers and mothers uh, every, every Sunday morning uh, neglect their children. They leave. They stay there in the bed themselves, stayed up late Saturday night, didn't get up, didn't take the children to Sunday school. But, oh, and then you don't feel your responsibility. You just take them for granted. They're just so much of a problem to you that you've never realized you will carry them either to heaven or to hell. Now, I know the old trailblazer is very frank, I tell you oftentimes that I'm a realist. I believe in reality, facing reality. And I tell you this morning, if you do not uh, train your children, if you do not, if you neglect them, if you neglect their spiritual condition, they'll go to hell with you or either go to heaven with you if you take care of them, if you do what's right. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Go there and read Proverbs 22 and see what the Scripture says. Solomon, the wisest man in the world, wrote Proverbs. But, my friend, I have seen, I have witnessed, and I have seen, I have seen the downgrade. I have seen, and, and I was not a religious person in my youth. I was not. But I later on, I began to see families who would get their children up, take them to Sunday school, and uh, and then I see others who, who they never did, never did. Now my family was not religious. We didn't do that. We didn't go to Sunday school. We didn't go to church, and I regretted it all my life. And yet I look back as a blessing that I was not indoctrinated into some false doctrine, and uh, thinking that I was saved when I wasn't. But the Lord knows all about that. I brought a message the other night, just thinking what the Lord, speaking about what the Lord had done for sinners, and this poor sinner specifically. And I went back over those things with my congregation, how that providentially the Lord allowed me to be born in a poor country home. And back then, many children died of childhood diseases. They didn't know what they were. There wasn't a doctor in 20 miles of our house. No, the doctor came out there in an old rackety car and delivered the babies that were born in our home. But the Lord let me let me live. Let this poor little old country bumpkin live. And my mother and dad, were, were they took care of us. They'd make sure we got food and all of those things. And But they weren't spiritual. We didn't get any spiritual training. And the Lord let me come on up through the through the school and high school and went into service after school and, and uh, was exposed to many, many, many things, my friend. Many, many things that, that I was not... Uh, that, that could have happened to me. I look back at those things. Maybe you don't do those things. 
And then I looked at the spiritual side. I was on a ship there in New York City in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. In there a lot of times over there, what they call going on the beach when you're in the Navy. And uh, met a young woman there, a young couple of young girls, me and another boy did. And they took us in their home, their mother and dad did, and took care of us when we were on on shore there. And, and I could have gotten, they were they were gracious people. They were Catholic people, and they they loved it. They did for service men, and and we could have gotten caught up in that and never heard the gospel one time. But the Lord didn't allow that. Then he 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 come on home and later on met my wife and married her, and she was a religious girl. And uh, I don't know, but one thing not any worse than the other. Joined a little old Protestant church where she was going. And thought I was saved. I'm looking at the providence of God, my friend. I know I'm gotten away from my subject, but I want to tie it all together somewhere along the line, speaking about our children. And there we were. We met and married and uh, had three, three children. All three of them still living, grown now. But then the providence of God, the providence of God allowed me, permitted me, ordained that I would hear the gospel under the sound preaching of Pastor L.R. Shelton Sr. in a little old tent. The Lord allowed him to, someone to buy that little old tent for him where he would go up and down the coast to here in one town after another and preach the gospel for four or five nights a week and then go back to New Orleans. And the Lord allowed me to go there, and the Lord, by the Holy Spirit's uh, power and strength and grace, sent the arrow of truth home to my heart. It's just like I tell my folks here. We hear, we hear, and I'm not being braggadocious. We hear this ministry, Radio Mission, is a special people, a particular people. And if you've been awakened to the fact that you lost, or if you see that you're not saved, you are a particular person. That's what happened to me. And the Lord gave me grace to take my place as a sinner, thinking I was saved back there in that little old church. No, it wasn't nothing but just a modernism like it is today. Trust Jesus and be baptized. That's not salvation, my friend. Never been uh, awakened to the fact that I was lost. Never see my need of a Savior and a Redeemer. Never saw my sin, my sinful self. And we had one of our brethren brought a message here the other night. He entitled it, The Gift of Desperation. And it really made an impression upon me. And I said, certainly, that's what we need. Our folks, if you never become desperate, if you never become desperate, you never turn to the Lord. I, I, I honestly believe that, my friend. And I know in desperation we do things. I know one time when I was a child, my brother and I were 9, 10, maybe 12, 14 years old. My dad got up early one morning, had a flat tire on his car, and he had an old, back then, an old pole in the block. We blocked it up to change the tire, and that thing fell on my dad. And my brother, 14 years old, picked that car up, the front end of that car up, and let my dad crawl out from under there. It was desperation. Just so it is when a sinner sees himself desperately wicked, desperately sinful, desperately in the need of salvation. That's what we do, my friend. And that's what I long to see. And I pray for that, that the Lord would send us a spirit of desperation and uh, that we might see ourselves. No man, no woman... No boy or girl ever comes to Christ until he sees himself in need of a cleansing, in need of a redemption, of redemption, in need of washing in the blood. None, none of that. 
the, the prodigal son in the hog pen never thought about going home to his dad until he looked around one day and he saw himself desperately wicked, desperate in desperate condition. He knew that he was starving to death there in that hog pen, but he saw himself as a sinner, that he had sinned against his dad. My friend, I know what that is. I know, and I know that it's only the Holy Spirit, and I, 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 I realize that we're just blowing in the wind if the Lord never takes a message home to your heart nor mine. And I just do my best to be just as kind and gentle as I can be with you and yet be sober and to be honest and truthful with you that man is a sinner by nature and he must be redeemed by the precious blood. The Lord has made a way for that. And I know that our time's running out. And we'll get back into our study tomorrow on the, the uh, children and heritage of the Lord. I want you to listen. Call over the back fence and tell your neighbor or tell them down the street or tell them in the grocery store. Tune in to Old Trailblazer at whatever time it comes on in your area. And uh, then if you would, write me, call me. My phone number here is area code 225-664-8658. And uh, let, me, let me hear from you. My mailing address is post office box 1810. Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And uh, the old loves loves his soul, my friend. Pray for him if you do that. And then let me hear from you. Goodbye, and may God bless you.